We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my fabulous friend. I so love doing this show and having this wonderful connection and relationship with you. I have that incredible honor and experience of having deep conversations about the things that matter the most. We also get to contemplate and get answers to the biggest questions of them all. Questions that have haunted much of humanity from the beginning of the time, the beginning of time. Who are we and why are we here? I also want to empower you and support you in deeply knowing and accepting that you are profoundly loved. You are not weak or powerless, but powerful and important beyond your wildest imaginings. We're here with my guest and expert today, Robert O. Williams, who has gone through his own remarkable journey to come to the place of knowing and sharing the truth of personal and universal love. He is the inventor and developer of the Quantum Code technology and the author of Love is the Power, Moving Humanity from Fear to Love. Robert is an expert in the study of subtle energy engineering and its effect on physical systems. Robert spent the late 60s and 70s in the music industry where he served as executive director for Love Songs Productions, Inc., a motion picture and recording production company owned by Michael Love of the Beach Boys. After a near-death experience, Robert's life took a very big turn. His priorities shifted and began studying field-based technologies, consciousness, and human potential. Robert co-developed a way to revitalize drinking water, restoring the molecular relationships of water to match those of pristine healing waters found around the planet. Robert also studied the relationships between particles of physicality and the spaces between the particles, which led him to the discovery of technology that saved his life. He calls the discovery more of a revelation than anything else. And after years of struggling, he experienced a breakthrough and suddenly comprehended the profound interconnectedness of nature and the innate intelligence at the foundation of life. So, Robert, I'm so glad to be continuing this conversation with you from last week because I think there's so much more to get into here. Tammy, it's a pleasure to be back. Thank you for having me again. Absolutely. I love you. I love your book. I love your message about love and Mm. really what's more important than that. That's a great question because ultimately (laughs) that is it. This is it. This is it. Love is who we are. And uh, it is why we're here. Oh, it's so true. And there was something I read in the beginning of your book um, that that enlightenment is love actualized. And I really think that this is the this is the purpose for all of our lives. We're maybe in different places on the path and on the journey. So, to someone who's listening right now, how what would you say to them in regards to how they can? more fully open to invite and experience the quality of love in their lives. As we, as we go throughout the day, as we live our lives, no matter what we're doing, there'll be moments, you could say, between the, the sentences, between the songs, between our thoughts. There'll be moments, and by the way, this is a global phenomenon happening for global reasons. 
there are moments when we'll have this kind of self-reflective opportunity, that space right there, then we can ask, what, what, am I, what am I thinking? What, what am I feeling? You know that old saying, all roads lead to Rome. Well, no matter what we're thinking, no matter what we're feeling, physically or emotionally, if we open our hearts and accept that condition or that reality, that thought, that feeling, that doorway or that, it becomes a road to the heart. And so that's how we can, we can just ask ourselves, what's happening here? What's, what's going on? There's different questions we can ask to allow that inner potential to manifest in a, in a mm-hmm. real way. And, and what is that reality? When we tap into our hearts and the heart shows itself to be the essence of who we are, there'll be some kind of a, like a, oh, you know, it's an aha. It's a, it's a chill, perhaps. We'll sometimes get goosebumps. And there is energy that comes from there. It's not energy from what we last ate. It's not caloric energy. It's pure life force. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a, a, a good, it's a side effect of tapping into our, to our hearts. So really, the answer to your question, my, I'm trying to make it brief, because I, but uh, it's just to pay attention to, that, to those places in our day where we're reflecting on self. We're, we're looking around. Even while we're talking, we can have a relationship with the infinite that is mm-hmm. infinite. Every word I'm saying is a finite thing, and every moment ticks by. These are all a series of finite, mortal you know, that word I just said, mortal, has now been in the past, and it, it comes and goes. These things are coming and going, but at the basis of living is something that is eternal, that doesn't come and go, that is always there. And the beauty of being incarnated on this planet, to be in our own bodies and with our families and with our lives at this time of Earth, is that we can live both. We can realize, and it not in a mental construct, not in a... Uh, positive thinking mode, but in a real sense of infinity, a real sense of unboundedness, along with you're there, I'm here, we're talking, there's these words going back and forth at the same time. So the, the practice is just becoming aware of, awareness is healing, awareness is freedom, awareness already is connecting, already is connected to that infinite source of our own being. Mm. I think what you're saying is so true. And, and I do think when we ask the questions, the answers can reveal themselves. And I do think when we, you know, invite and set the intentions to live from a more heart-based, expanded place that can start to happen, we're, we're so much more powerful than we've been maybe taught or led to believe. And, and I think what you're saying, again, is so accurate for me. My greatest joy has been cultivating that relationship with the something greater, which I perceive is unconditional love. And I think grace is pouring down on us in every second and as well as the compassion. And, and we can have it if we open ourselves to receive it. Absolutely. It's effortless. That's the, that's the paradox. <laughs> we, I know it's like I used been, to go, what do I have to do? What do I have to do? What do I have to do? B, but yeah. what do I do? B, what do I do? Relax. It's like, I don't yes. have to do that. <laughs> I know. 
So the paradox <laughs> is it is it is quite difficult because of our patterns and our habits and cultures and all kinds of things that are saying you've got to figure this out and you've got to work really and hard you've to take achieve action. <laughs> yes. Right. So all those things can can have their little realities in addition to this amazing revelation right now that we are much greater than any of those things. We can enjoy those momentary uh, thoughts, words, and actions um, because we are not bound by them when the heart is open. And something you write about, and I know is so true, it's like we, we're really here to live with the mind in service to the heart. And I think we get confused when we're living more from the mind or we think our heart's supposed to be in service to the mind. I think we... We need to get our priorities straight and things in order for us to really kind of line up with the um, laws of nature, the laws of grace. And it really does come from living more from that heart space. Yeah. Yes. There's another, there's another important uh, subject I'd like to, to bring in yes, relative please. to our conversation. And that is there are also phases of nature. There's... Uh, what I mean by phases. So let's talk about a plant. There's the seed phase, then there's the sprout phase, the, the stem, the leaves. So we, we all know this to be the case. So the plants are cool because their phases are relatively short and we can track them from the seed all the way to the flower. But some, some phases are billions and billions of years before there's a, a change. So like uh, metaphorically, the seed is quite different than the stem or the leaves or the flower. And if, you, if it was the seed that wasn't changing quickly, you'd think, well, that is it. That's it. <laughs> you know? That's just, it's like a rock. You know, it's just, that seed is worthless, yeah. That seed is just going to, you know, we've been watching this for 100,000 years. Right. It's not changing, so that's, we're just going to say that's the seed, you know, or that's the ABC, whatever we call that thing. But uh, these cycles, everything has a phase transition embedded in its current state. So the seed has its phase transition embedded in. That's, an, that's intelligence from nature, as nature. And when the time is right, the seed destroys itself, or you could say breaks open. There's an increase of disorder at that point. There's an increase of chaos. There's the confusion, like if it was a mind, you know? Something is being broken open to give way for a new phase. So I think, I think that your listeners are hip to this. We can, we can imagine different phases. Humanity is also involved with phases. So the mm-hmm. evolution of humans on this planet has gone through, you could say, several uh, preparatory or several valid phases of its own Sure, like seasons. Yeah, like Like seasons. seasons. Summer, winter, fall, winter. Yeah, spring. Yeah, different seasons, different phases. That makes things make a lot of sense. So when we when we move into as we are moving now, and this comes back to my near death experience and what I saw on the other side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what I saw on the other side when I read is that right now humans are we're like at the bud of this plant, Mm -hmm. and there's an increase of disorder as Chaos. what happens in nature. In every case, there's a breaking down of the current structure and you could say the stem reality, the leaf reality, the bud. And there is a, uh, a force of nature that is involving each and every one of us 
to blossom into our next highest level of expression, our next highest level of life, our next highest level of reality. So that, in a sense, that's going to override even the, even the, the most stubborn part of our own <laughs> will. We do not want to change. Everything is great just the way it is. We do not want this to ever change. It, it is going to change. Right. And right. those of us who have had some dark nights and some uh, challenges in our life are more apt to uh, welcome the change because we've had that. I feel that that's so true. Yeah. You know, a lot of people yeah. are struggling so intensely right now, and I feel like I'm witnessing it from more of a, um, I, I say above the cloud line. It's like I feel very connected to, for, to love, and I feel very peaceful even though I'm witnessing the chaos. I'm not being beat up by it. And I do think it's because, like you, Robert, I've gone through my own um, dark night of the soul and being brought to the knees and broken open. I've gone through that, so I feel I'm on the other side and now witnessing kind of mass consciousness, you know, behind me and and. I hope to be a touchstone and a light worker, as you are, to, to help people transcend that. And so something, Robert, you talk about that I think is really helpful and important to address is the 1%. Can you tell me what that is? It is a law of nature. It is a, is, it's a condition of, uh, of change. It's a condition of change. What causes change? There, there, there has to be a minority of the higher, as long as there is a small percentage of the higher state of order, and that small percentage is stable, then it will affect the majority of whatever system we're talking about. So there's, uh, uh, I think we've all learned that laser beams come from a mass of disordered photons in incandescent light. And all that is necessary for that laser beam is for 1% of the photons to line up. And then once the 1% is stable in its alignment with each other, they're all functioning in the same wave pattern, then that influences the rest of the 99%. And the laser beam is over 100 million times as powerful because of the alignment, because of the coherence. It's not because there's more photons in the, in the light beam. So... Uh, there's, in biology, the caterpillar says, I'm fine just the way I am, crawls along, you know, and, and, and then nature says, no, your, your time is up right now as a caterpillar phase. Your time is up. The caterpillar resists. That's natural. The caterpillar says, wait a minute, I don't trust this change. I mean, it's not thinking, but re the nervous system, this is a fact, the nervous system of the caterpillar will resist, will try to stay in its caterpillar state until the right? over, uh -huh. it will, it will, the nervous system says, something is killing me and I got to maintain my caterpillarness and it struggles until it gives up. That's something we were talking about the last show, until we, it gives up because the, the overarching information, the over, it is, it is greater than what we think we are all about. So the caterpillar, quote unquote, dies. There is only one or two percent of the cells that begin to shift into the chrysalis and into the butterfly that's required for that huge transformation to take place. Uh, and I don't want to get too technical, but it's just the idea is that it's, uh, as soon as the, a small percentage gets the next highest level of information and accepts that, 
and surrenders into it, you could say, then the butterfly will show itself. As we get to a certain percentage of consciousness as humans, um, Rupert Sheldrake, great scientist, talks about the morphogenic field. And that is if a, if a small group of, of human beings are thinking and feeling the same way, at some point it'll be broadcast throughout the human race. And there's the key to our future. There's the key to the massive problems that we're confronted with. It is If we were to go out and try to solve each one of these problems at the level of the problem, air pollution, water pollution, violence, mm -hmm. you know, the cruelty, the abuse, all these terrible, terrible things happening right now as we speak, um, it would be an, an, probably an impossible task. But raising consciousness, raising consciousness with just a small number, with your show, with your heart, with your listener's heart, with everybody that's listening, with you, Remy, and, and just a small percentage of us understanding love. We don't have to do anything else. We continue to do what our lives are showing to do. Yes. We, we go to yes. work, we do what, but we have our hearts in this mm -hmm. state of resonance with others. Yes. It is having an effect on mass consciousness. It's having an effect everywhere, and there's science to prove. That's what this 1% idea is all about. I love that so much. And I, I didn't know that about the caterpillar. I've used the analogy often, like the caterpillar not knowing why it's doing what it's doing and starting to spit and spin and turns into the gracilis, but that there was resistance. I didn't know that. Yeah. And oh, yeah. in my experience, you know, I did. I fought. I didn't want to give up my caterpillarness. <laughs> and I did. I fought yeah, until I just, I had, no, I had no life force left. I had no energy left. I had no choice but to surrender because things were just so bad. It was just, you know, from, from my ego or personality's perspective, things were so bad. Though my soul was like, oh, everything's in divine right order. This is perfect. I was going into the, the chrysalis, and I felt like I literally turned to liquid. Yeah. But then I was being um, transformed and, and lining up and, and, you know, shifting. And, and, and I think that's, again, it's the journey of the hero that we're all on in some phase, some chapter in our own way. And I, I see you as a full-fledged butterfly now, Robert. And I'm so um, honored that, you, you know, to be having this conversation and encouraging the butterflyness of our, mm. our fellow humans so that they yeah. can step more fully into their beauty and their power and their expanded heart and their love. And when the fears come up, we're all continuing our transitions. When the fears come up, welcome them because that is a natural response to uh, the caterpillar has the program to survive as a caterpillar. And those, yes. the nervous system is appropriately programmed to protect the caterpillarness. And so uh, our own stasis, our own current state, has information that will, will continue to protect the current stasis, the current state of where we're at. And so... We will naturally feel a fear when we, when we, we might feel like we're being forced into change or the, the, the chaos becomes overwhelming, and we don't want it. I'm not saying to pretend that you we... You love it. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's, there's a, it's, it's hard to articulate, but as we recognize, oh my gosh, you know, there, 
I, I, I can surrender here now. And even though I, I'm afraid to death or I'm just so scared that I'm going to lose this, that I'm going to lose that, or I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get this or that, that's okay. That's okay. Because there is a governing field, and it is love, that although the transformation is radical, and sometimes more radical than other types of transformation. It all it gets very complex. But transformation is governed by love. There's a program that says the next highest level of good, the next highest level of our potential. That is way beyond anything that we can override. So that is destiny, you can say, and then our free will can participate, as you say. Yeah. And I do think it sometimes it really does come down to surrendering and trusting. And I think that's how we open the doorway to grace. And we're so um, we're so designed for love and the grace is pouring down on us constantly. If we can just relax and receive it and allow the current to carry us the direction of of uh, the direction that the current is going, we can really we can trust it. But it does take a while to to start to believe that, you know, it, it, it can be very, I mean, planet Earth can seem pretty scary, but I really believe all is in divine right order. If we can just open our mind to that possibility and relax and, yeah. and start to enjoy the journey a little bit more. Yeah. So, Robert Cash, there's so much I want to talk to you about. I'm going to have to get you back on the show. There's just no way around this. You had a near-death experience, and I don't know if you can put that in a nutshell, because I also want to talk about your app. <laughs> So we have five minutes. What do you want to say? Okay. <laughs> Let me look at the clock here. So, so um, we all have near-death experiences each, each time we, we go to sleep. We lose consciousness. And, uh, and in a sense, we're, we submit ourselves to the laws of nature when we're in deep sleep. We're not conscious. We're not thinking. And then by grace, if we're meant to wake up and continue our lives, we do. It's an automatic thing. Now, uh, I had a near-death experience, and, uh, and it was um, more radical than going to sleep. So I was, but I was at a place in my life where I didn't fear that, that possibility of complete death. I really didn't fear it. And I think that gave me the openness to experience the near-death experience or experience the other dimensions. Um, as I did, and I, and I write a lot about that in the book. I saw these different realities in these different dimensions of information and codes and geometries. There was, when I, when I came, was coming back into my body, I saw a reality that was full of geometries and beautiful symbols and beautiful mandalas. mandalas. Yeah. <laughs> and these mandalas are geometries in a, in a very specific way. Mm-hmm. And they're ingrained in us, these geometries and these relationships, these ratios of molecules and so forth. And when I saw these mandalas and these geometries, and then I got back into my body, I wrote them all down, or as many of it that I remembered, and I began to research them. And they're found in all the indigenous cultures and all the indigenous religions. They're part of us, and they showed themselves in the past in the art. And so if... They're, they're a symbol, and the symbol, like a musical symbol, represents a sound. And like music on a paper, if you're really good, like the 
Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys, who I worked with, you look at it and you, you, you sing the notes perfectly in that state of consciousness. So these symbols are, have been in us and as us, and, and they're now active. They're now saying the symbols have been latent. They are uh, now active, and they, we, we are recognizing them as we look around in nature, as we look at our own bodies, our hands, our eyes. These relationships are everywhere now, and we're starting to remember that the program for our lives is there. The source of information, the intelligence of our greater good is there. And these symbols, I worked with William Tiller at Stanford University, and we combined those symbols that are sacred in a, and found out a way to broadcast them over the airwaves and a way uh, to al allow the uh, cell phones that we use to download them as an app. So I'm make, making this as uh, sure as I can so we can actually go uh, and go get this app called the Heart Plus app on Google or uh, the App Store. And what the frequencies, you, you, you turn it on, you know, and it's like any game or something you turn on on your phone. You turn it on, and what is happening from the fields of the waveforms that comes out of your cell phone is these ratios, these mandalas, are recreated. And so we turn on the cell phone, and now these mandalas of our higher consciousness, of our relationship with self, our relationships with our high self or our more whole reality is more active, and we are more who we are. And that's why we did it, because the more we are who we really are in this next highest level of expression, the quicker we can decrease suffering and all kinds of things that have yeah. uh, I love the quote, the greatest gift we can offer the world is to be authentically ourselves. And it sounds like your app is supposed to and does support people in opening and aligning and becoming more congruent body, mind, and spirit. All right, Robert, we have to go. Can you believe it? What's I can't your believe it. So people, what, what, how can people find you? Just do a shout out for your website real quick. Loveisthepower.com. Loveisthepower.com. That's a good one. And I do love you, Robert. I think you're amazing. I think you've got a lot of wisdom to share. My guests, I adore you completely. Come visit me, TammyBPhD.com. Find me on Facebook. I want to be in touch with you. You are in my heart, meditation, and prayers on a daily basis. So God bless you on your path, onward and upward. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.